This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 1st of September in your Squiz today, testing times for superannuation. The Bali bombing suspects are on trial. China cracks down on video games and cheering on the bells. This is your Squiz today. On July 1st this year, a whole swathe of reforms to superannuation came into play called Your Future, Your Super. We'll forgive you if you didn't pay too much attention at the time, but part of those reforms, Claire, was naming and shaming dud funds. Put simply, there's now an annual test that compares fees against financial performance. And yesterday it was announced that 13 MySuper superannuation funds have failed that test. And that includes some big staff funds for bank and unions. I won't forgive people if they're not across your future, your super, because we did a squish shortcut on it and it has all of the details laid out. So there's no excuses. No excuse. (laughs) I'm a a bit kinder. Super is always on my to-do list. And look, what happened yesterday really is the first part of that greater transparency that the government wants to bring to the sector. Uh, What APRA does, the Australian Prudential Regulation Authority, is benchmark those funds, uh, as you say, against a formula of the fees that they charge versus the sort of investments that they make and the return that they get for their members. And what they said yesterday, that there were 13 funds that have $56.2 billion in retirement funds under management. There's about a million people who have these accounts uh, and those 13 funds aren't doing so well. So what has to happen is they have to improve. Uh, If they fail next year, they won't be able to take any new members on board uh, and the regulator will be writing to those members to let them know what's happening. They'll be receiving a letter urging them to switch funds. The government is hoping the tests will bring transparency and accountability, which is a pretty good thing considering that Australians pay $30 billion a year in super fees. Yeah, it's a lot of money and, of course, it's that savings that we're making compulsorily uh, and some voluntarily for some uh, that is meant to be funding our retirement. So it's a lot of money and what the government says is that we really should be very aware about how our individual superannuation funds are tracking and they've made some of these changes so that they're a little bit more in the sunlight. You can take this as a nudge to check into your super if you like. It's something that I said is often on the to-do list. It can be a lot to take in if you're on the move listening to the podcast. So if you want to check out the Squiz Today newsletter, there's a whole bunch of links for you that explain the test. You can see the funds. You can get your own super in order as well as take a listen to the Squiz shortcut we did if you didn't do it last time. I'm sure everyone listening did listen to that. (laughs) Well, just in case, links are in your episode notes. (laughs) Well, it's done, Claire. At one minute before midnight, the last US plane took off from Kabul, officially ending the 20 years of the US's military engagement in Afghanistan. The Taliban reportedly cheered and fired shots into the air as that plane took off. It's not yet finished business, especially for the hundreds who wanted to leave and weren't able to get out on time. 
Yeah, and looking at reports now, we know a little bit about how exactly that US mission ended. US troops took off from Kabul airport at 11.59 on August 30, so they took it right down to the wire of being out by August 31, just one minute left on the clock. Uh, What is happening in the coming days as far as Australia is concerned? Scott Morrison is due to have a conversation with US President Joe Biden in the coming days, in part to mark the 70th anniversary of the ANZUS Treaty, which is today, uh, but to also talk about everything that's happened in the last couple of weeks with the fall of Kabul to the Taliban. Mm, A bit to talk about there. There are also still 449 Afghans with Australian visas still in Afghanistan, hoping to get out. It's been 18 years since the Bali bombing terror attacks killed 202 people, including 88 Australians. Three men accused of those bombings, as well as other terror attacks, have just had their first day in court. They've been held by the US without charge at the Guantanamo Bay Detention Centre for the most part of 18 years. Not a lot is known about why US prosecutors haven't brought those charges against those men uh, until quite recently. But what we do know is that the lead man is an Indonesian named Ensep Nujaman. He's better known as Hambali. He was the operational mastermind of Jamaa Islamia, which, of course, if you were around at the time of the Bali bombings, you would have heard a lot about. They're an outfit that's aligned with Al-Qaeda. He is someone who, of course, is of intense interest to those Australians who lost loved ones in that Bali bombing in 2002. Hambali and two other Malaysian men were charged with crimes including murder, conspiracy and terrorism. The case is considered to be extremely complicated and could take years to resolve. Over to China now, and this is a story that might make a few parents prick up their ears. The Chinese government is clamping down on the time that youngsters spend playing video games. Under new rules, if you're under 18, you're allowed to play online games for three hours a week only, one hour on Friday, weekends and holidays. Yeah, it's going to be a real cutback from the current 90 minutes a day (laughs) rule. Uh, It follows state media saying that online gaming was spiritual opium. Uh, And of course, we know that what's run in state media usually is the view of the government. What analysts say is it's part of a crackdown from the Chinese government to enact cultural reform. Uh, Particularly, there seems to be a push out of the Xi Jinping-led regime uh, around making sure that there's not big influences in people's lives outside of the communist government. Yeah, Squizzers might remember the karaoke cleanse we spoke about a little while ago, where any songs that talk about bad things like drugs or farting or rule breaking also had to be removed. In today's Paralympics feature, Claire, we're taking a look or a listen to goalball. It's not a sport I was familiar with, but I'm pretty invested now because the Aussie team, the Bells, are a win away from the semifinals. Take us through it. Yeah, our Aussie women really are on a roll, if you forgive the pun. (laughs) I made one. (laughs) Uh, Look, they've beat Canada. Um, They've also beat the world champions, Russia. That happened on Sunday. And today they're up against the defence champions Turkey that's happening at 2.15pm so uh, fingers crossed that they continue that good winning streak. Um, How it's played is there's teams of three blind and visually impaired athletes they play on a 
volleyball-sized court. There's nets at either end that stretch the length of the court. And the aim is to roll or, or throw a sort of hard basketball-sized ball that's made of rubber and, and get it into the net. And defenders listen for the bells and they throw their bodies mm-hmm. um, to try and block that ball from going into the net. It's really interesting. It's probably one sport only that benefits from having no crowds because of COVID. Of course, it has to be silence while the ball is in play. That game is on at 2.15pm today. It's nice to have an international success story every now and then, and it's probably been a while since the head of the UN, Antonio Gutierrez, got to declare one. But Claire, leaded petrol is no longer in use anywhere in the world, and that's a good thing. Yeah, Algeria was the last country to still use that fuel in cars and petrol, but it ran out. No one's producing it anymore, so <laughs> they're now, of course, having to switch over to other forms of fuel. But yeah, leaded petrol, of course, was definitely part of our world when you look back 20, 30 Mm. years ago. Uh, It hasn't been for a long time. More efficient fuels that are better for the environment and also aren't a health risk are what we deal with these days. A little bit of good news for the day. Squeeze the day, Claire. Pinch and a punch firstly for the first day of the month and the first day of spring. What are you keeping an eye on today? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, it's the 70th anniversary of the ANZUS Alliance. And it's, of course, one of those agreements that we have with New Zealand and the US that really is a big part of who we are. So we're actually doing a squeeze shortcut on that, which will be out tomorrow morning. Stand by for that. We'll, of course, remind you about how you can listen to that tomorrow. If you are enjoying the Squiz Today podcast or Squiz Shortcuts, please tell your people about us. Your recommendations are the number one way that we grow. And if you have a minute, leaving us a review is also fantastic that's all from us today have a good one and we will be back with you tomorrow we talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach but NordVPN can help protect you online, kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more, and get a great discount, visit nordvpn.com forward slash squiz today.